0: The day I arrived in Washington was the day that I intended to shut the door on my past. Driving over the Potomac and seeing the city skyline laid out before me, I thought this must be exactly how the European immigrants felt when they entered New York Harbor and passed the Statue of Liberty, a chance to start their lives over. A place where you could leave the past behind. A place where nobody knew you and where, if you were good enough, you could make a success of yourself. Which was all easier than you might think in Washington. Here it was not about where you came from or what you used to do that mattered, but what you'd done since you got here. If you could succeed in the big show inside the Beltway, people didn't tend to ask you about yesterday. To the extent you needed some background, you could simply make it up. A survivor's stock in trade. My first campaign had been a bust. This was the year of George McGovern, who lost every state but one, the first time in U.S. history that had happened, though not the last, as I would later find out to my chagrin. Nixon won re-election with 23-plus percent more popular votes than McGovern, the largest margin of popular votes in U.S. presidential history, then or since. And my own candidate for Connecticut's 2nd District got whipped by a factor of 2 to 1. It's not easy to lose a race by that wide a margin. None of that mattered, though, because none of it would ever appear on my resume. Like my childhood it had all ceased to exist when I crossed the Potomac. Our defunct campaign's press secretary, Jim Duffy, wanted to come to Washington with me. Duffy was a great guy, but his presence posed two problems. One, Duffy would be evidence of my past life, which would make creating a new life story that much more difficult. Two, as a survivor, I wanted no responsibility for anyone but me. That way, whatever happened would be my doing or undoing. Win or lose, I would do it on my own, although I had no intention of losing. I tried everything I could think of to convince Duff not to come. Duff, you've never been out of Connecticut. Washington's a big city. No effect. You know, it's 85% black, Duff. No effect. Blacks down there hate Irishmen as much as they hate Jews. Ah, should have started with that one. Duff looked mildly worried about that many black folks hating his ass, but he's as stubborn as any Irishman. He was going. There was some good news in this. Duff had a car and ample gas money, assets I lacked. I had all my worldly possessions in a duffel bag and a a few hundred bucks in my pocket. We got a late start that November 15th and didn't hit the D.C. area until dark. We circled the Beltway twice, got lost, and ended up on Benning Road in a tough neighborhood. After a careful study of the area, Duff concluded that I had underestimated the black population by at least 10%. After crossing the Potomac River for the third time, we ended up in Roslyn, Virginia. Today, Roslyn is an upscale business and residential area. In 1972, it was a dingy place with pawn shops. Cheap motels, scruffy bars that stayed open late and reopened early, and scruffy inhabitants to match. We stopped when we saw a motel sign flashing rooms for $10 a night. Good price, and we were beat. We checked in, got a half gallon of very cheap whiskey from a joint next door, and went back to the room to celebrate my birthday and our new life. If I leaned way out the window, I could just see the tip of the Washington Monument. This was living. We crashed at about 1 a.m., and were awakened at 1.15 by...